Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, y'all. This is Sasha here for two quick announcements before we get on to our interview for today. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, quality tonic herbs, some specialty food items, and you're in and around Calgary, then please go check out Lotus Herbal Health, a great family-run store that has two locations in Calgary. You can find them at lotusherbalhealth.ca to find out where their locations are, or you can shop online and they will pretty much deliver anywhere. So quality supplements, tonic herbs, great staff, check out lotusherbalhealth.ca. Secondly, I want to announce the relaunch of my program called Your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, which consists of experts in their fields around the world on consciousness and parenting and education and nutrition and dentistry and homeopathy and more. This is a program I created after my son was born about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And I am now very concerned after the events of 2020 for our future generations. And I believe the time is now for conscious parenting and for conscious parents to rise up and take, to take back our pregnancies and our births and our parenting and the resilience of our children and of future generations. The time is now. We change the course of history by changing the course of our future generations. And we do that by consciously raising them, consciously birthing them, consciously conceiving them, feeding them good food, and taking back the responsibility of raising healthy, well-adjusted, robust people. Resilience. It's time to build resilience. So please go check out sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide, and you will be able to check out all of the amazing material in there. It's time for us to understand how our worldviews are formed, how our self-views are formed, and how to impact that and how that impacts the society on a whole. So check it out, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. And now on to the show. Hey everyone, it's Sasha here with another interview for the Sovereign Collective podcast. And today I am here with Roz Isbell all the way from Melbourne, Australia. And we are going to get into a topic that I have been delving into recently after learning about it called human design. And I think a lot of you are going to be very interested in this. It's super, super fascinating. So Roz is, like I said, she's in Australia. She's a human design specialist. She's also an essential oil expert. And she's a very importantly an independent thinker. And those are the kind of people that I like having on the show. So thank you, Roz. And I'm going to tell you, I found Roz because when I learned about human design, I learned about it a while ago, but then we started talking about it more among friends and it just started to really fascinate me. So I wanted to learn. I wanted to listen while I'm driving course. So I found a podcast called Essential Oils by Design, where Roz and her uh, co-host Nani talked about 
human design and essential oils and how they complement one another. And it's really, really cool. Really, really interesting. So I hunted Roz down. I messaged her. She is now, you can find her at findyournaturalgroove.com. Great website, by the way. And uh, you can learn all about human design. And so we're going to get into it specifically around children today. But first, we're going to get into a little bit of what is human design, the background of human design, and anything else uh, Roz wants to enlighten us as to the topic of human design. So thank you, Roz, for being here today. I really appreciate it. We've had some technical difficulties, but this is going to be the one. I know it. So (laughs) it is. And thank you so much for inviting me, Sasha. It's lovely to be here. Yes, human design is incredible and it, this, it's so it's such an interesting topic because there is so much to talk about. I often say I could talk about one person's human design chart for a whole day and still have something left to say at the end of it. So um, just to give you a bit of background on human design and what it actually is, I like to call it a, pers- a life navigation tool. It's a fantastic tool for helping you to understand who you are, how you're designed to operate, what you came here for. It's one of those things that gives you certainty, which is so often missing with a lot of these tools that we have access to. And that's what I love about it. It really, it works for me and it works for a lot of people. It's very, very accurate Whenever I do a reading for somebody, they are usually stunned at how much, I don't want to say I know about them, but how much I can tell them about themselves by reading the information that's there in the human design chart. So the human design chart is derived from your birth information. So the time of birth, the date and the place that you were born at. And time is very, very important. You need to have an accurate time of birth or you need to be able to do some work around finding out when you were were born. Whether that means digging out the hospital records or grabbing your pendulum is up to you. (laughs) But it really is very important that you have accurate information because even being a minute off can, in some instances, certainly not in all, but it can make the difference between you being somebody who has lots and lots of energy and can keep doing lots of things um, and somebody who doesn't have a lot of energy and is here for a completely different reason. So once you've got your human design chart, it will tell you that you are one of five different types. And each of those types uses their energy in a different way. Now, you and I, we've discovered are both manifesting generators so we're both generator types and about 70 percent of the population are either manifesting generators like we are or pure generators more commonly known as generators Um, and that 70 percent of the population have lots and lots of energy especially when they do what lights them up, especially when they're living the life that they're here to live. They have loads of energy. The difference between a pure generator, which makes up about 36% of the population and a manifesting generator, is that the pure generator is somebody who sort of works on things and finishes it and then 
got moves to the next thing and works on that, but they can work really hard, get a lot done, achieve a lot. They get very tired at the end of the day, wear out their energy. They go to sleep, recharge, get up the next day and do it all again. The manifesting generator is also like that with the difference being that they go very fast they can move from thing to thing to thing very easily. They can pivot very quickly, but they do tend to, because they go so fast, make mistakes and have to go back and correct them. So manifesting generators are about 32% of the population. And that leaves sort of 32% of the population left who don't actually have access to a lot of energy. And once the people who fall into that category realize that that's what's going on it makes so much difference to their lives so let me just quickly touch on those that 32 percent of the population they're what we call non-sacral beings the generators are sacral beings they have their, their sacral energy center defined giving them access to reliable consistent energy the non-sacral beings are the pure manifestors manifestors they make up about 10 percent of the population and they are here to get the ball rolling they are here to make things happen uh, they're here to initiate other people uh, they are the only type that can get an idea in their head and correctly make it happen as long as it feels right in their body and there's ways of determining whether or not what they're thinking of doing is actually right for them to do so that's the manifester 10 percent of the population then we have the projectors who are about 21 22 percent of the population these figures by the way are arbitrary depending on who's been running charts at any particular time but they're rough figures so projectors are about 21 22 percent they are the ones who are here to guide manage and direct the rest of us they don't have a lot of energy they need to wait to be invited to do things and i can tell you when projectors who all their life have been feeling less than because they don't have a lot of energy because they've been trying to make things happen they've been trying to initiate action when they learn that they're actually designed to wait to be invited to take action on something. And I'm talking about the big things here in life, like careers and work and relationships and travel and living arrangements, those sorts of things. Not, not about doing the laundry, unfortunately. Right. They don't need an invitation <laughs> to do the laundry. But once they realise that that's how they're designed, and in fact they don't have this boundless energy that, so many people they know seem to have their life changes for the better they start to honor themselves and they start to realize the preciousness of their energy manifestors they don't have a lot of energy either but because they've got this ability to initiate things they don't feel it quite so much and there's other things going on in a manifestors chart which is kind of a little more protective of their energy the projectors really are quite vulnerable in terms of their, their tendency to burn out because they push themselves in the way that a generator type does and they're not designed to do that. So human design can, can save lives in that respect. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that when a, a projector gets invited correctly to do something that they don't have a lot of energy, they do. 
but um, you know they do they pick up the energy from the invitation if you like but it's when they're behaving incorrectly according to their type that the problems do tend to kick in and we see massive burnout of the projector population everywhere we look and the last type is the reflector now they're only one percent of the population they are very very sensitive people very very open in their energetic fields and they are taking in the energy of those around them and reflecting it back at others um, very magical people really we're all magical by the way i can find something many things magical about every single chart that I look at but reflectors because they're so rare and because they are here to reflect back at us what is going on for us that is the other 99% in our lives it's really kind of special to be around them and you can feel it in their energy that they are these special people who are doing very big work they're kind of kind of a little bit on cleanup duty really and every one of us knows a reflector we just for the most part don't know who they are wow. you know I know three reflectors in my life and it's only because I've been doing the work and I'm sure there are other people whose chance I haven't had access to that I know who are reflectors reflectors um, work with the lunar cycle they are it's interesting when you see a reflector they usually have quite a, a glow about them there's something of that sort of moonlit look about them and they have to wait 28 to 29 days to make a decision because they need to work through the whole lunar cycle to work out whether something is correct for them because of the openness in their chart they don't have that sort of um consistency and reliability to grasp onto so that's the five types mm -hmm. and i think what is really important to understand about human design which has only been around a short period of time relatively speaking it was the system was downloaded if you like um, into at a cellular level into a gentleman, a, a Canadian gentleman, by the way, oh. um, by the name of Ra Uruhu. He was on somewhat of a sabbatical in Ibiza in Spain in the late 80s. It was a bit of a, he was a, a, I guess he was a bit of an itinerant at the time, but he was a very, very clever man, very clever ex-advertising executive who I think became disillusioned with the world and went, to Spain to find himself and he became a bit of a hermit and he was out one night being fed by a kindly local came home to his rundown stone shack at the top of a hill and it was at the beginning it was in January 1987 there was a super it was at the time of a supernova the death of a star and he was accosted he describes by this voice wow. and voice and light and it pushed him into the house into the shack that he was living in and it said are you ready to work and Ra didn't who was whose name was Alan Krakauer at that time realized he didn't have much choice and for the next eight days and nights the voice held him in this room and basically imprinted him with the information that we now know as the human design system and he was told at the time that human design is for the children yes and that's one of the things that i love about and i know you love about it as well Sasha. it's 
it is for the children, for the adults to understand themselves so that they can then understand and allow the children to be who they came here to be. Because for us as adults, we find out about human design and it's revelatory and it changes our lives and the way we do things. But what would our lives have looked like if we had had access to this information when we were children? If our parents had had access to this information, how much differently would they have brought us up? How much differently would the systems that we are so entangled in now look you know, what would people stand for if they realised that we weren't all designed to fit into this cookie cutter, yeah. into these boxes that they create for us? So it's, it really is an incredible system because it doesn't just talk about the five types. There is so much more to the information that human design provides. And when you start to get into it and realize that there is this thing that can really tell you what you love where you're wise where you're sensitive where you're vulnerable all of these amazing traits that you have are there in the human design chart and and you know there's more you're not just your human design chart we don't want to say that but it does give you this incredible template to work with it's changed my life. It's changed the way that I see my family, my friends. It's changed so much about the way that I do life. It's brought me so much peace and it brings people peace every day as they come into contact with it. Mm -hmm. And quickly, so, um, so you talked about the projectors need to be invited. So yes. can we talk about the main strategies? Because what I'm wondering, what is the difference between responding and waiting to be inviting? Because they kind of sound similar to me from a generator yeah. point or projector point of view. So from a generator point of view, they are similar. If you get an invitation, an invitation is something to respond to. But if you happen to be a projector, that's when it changes because the projectors need to wait for invitations. And, and let me explain what that looks like because there's something very important that doesn't always get talked about when it comes to learning about the human design strategies. Projectors need to be recognised in order to get invited. An invitation from somebody that doesn't recognise you is kind of not worth the paper it's written on, if you like, or the, you know, the, the communication it came from. You need to know as a projector that the person who is inviting you genuinely recognises you, genuinely sees you, genuinely hears you, genuinely appreciates you, needs you, wants, your, wants what you've got. It doesn't have to be all of those things combined, but you want to be able to, as a projector, sit back and say when the invitation comes, hmm, I really feel that. I really feel like that's a genuine invitation and this person knows who I am and we have an energetic connection that works. So that recognition piece is so important for projectors and, and in other parts of the chart for other people as well, not just projectors, but for the purpose of what we're talking about as a projector, when you are recognised, you will get invited because there is something about the projectors' energetics, about their 
their energy that they are putting out that attracts those people to them who have the correct invitations for them. And it's quite magical the way that it works. The thing with projectors that is most important for them to do is to really work on following their bliss while they're waiting for the invitations because it's it's simple law of attraction if you like that what you put out you get back and so if you're a projector feeling bitter and upset because you're not getting invitations and you're always tired and life seems to be handing you all of these you know bum deals then you're going to be putting that information that energy out into the ethers and you're not going to be getting back what it is you're expecting as a projector. If you spend your life with all of this wisdom that they carry, projectors are the wise ones, innately wise. I'm not saying that we're not all wise. We are, but there's a certain wisdom about projectors that others simply don't have access to. So if you're putting that beautiful wisdom to work by following your bliss, because Projectors usually love to learn. They love to go deep with things. Um, then you will find that that will raise your frequency and therefore attract to you the invitations that you need. Right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My husband is a, a pure generator and that was a really big revelation for him to discover that he is supposed to respond because, yes. you know, as the man of the house, he's got to, initiate these things and you know he's doing entrepreneurial type stuff and create these things and and it doesn't work usually it doesn't it work starts from him and he thinks he needs to put it out and do it it's and it was it took him about a week or two to just align with that and understand it and now it's very helpful but at first yeah. it was good I said this is good this is good this is shaking yeah. up and it's good yeah it's so just on that responding thing because I didn't mention that before when I was talking about Uh, projectors and invitations what responding means to generators so if you are one of the 70 odd 68 percent of us who are generator types we need to wait for things to show up for us outside of our heads you hear it often termed as in your external reality for you to respond to so you don't just take action because you think you should you don't just take action because you need to look like you're busy you don't if you try and initiate something without first responding you will find that it doesn't work you will find that it costs you time money energy it's just not worth doing I often say to people you know if something shows up if if you get an idea in your head and you decide to take action on it get ready for it to fail get ready for it to burn you out get ready for it to cost you something that you can't afford to pay whether it be as I said whether it be money or whether it genuinely be that energy that causes burnout or whether it just simply wastes your time it's just not worth it so what that might look like what something to respond to might look like is a conversation that you have with someone or a a line in a book that you're reading or a line in a song that you're listening to, something that crops up in a, in a movie or a television show that you're watching. Um, it could be a billboard. 
that you drive past. Um, it could be a book that falls off onto your foot in the supermarket, in the bookshop, or something that you walk past in the supermarket. It could be anything. We are continually responding all day, every day as generator types. I, I respond to the full laundry basket. You know, that's what I'm responding to. <laughs> I, I mean, I, that's, it's, it gets that simple. And very often we get bogged down as generators in this whole idea of waiting for things to respond to, not realizing that it's an exercise in following the breadcrumbs. You know, it's just one tiny thing can lead to another tiny thing, which leads to another bit bigger thing, which leads to another tiny thing. And then all of a sudden you've got the big thing in front of you and when you do the reverse engineering, you realize that it was because back then you responded to something tiny. So it's it's all about just following the breadcrumbs as a, as a generator. And, and the reason that I said we need to respond to things that are outside of our head is that as a generator, you can respond to your grumbly tummy. You can respond to a sore arm. You can respond to, you know, bloating and that sort of thing in your tummy. You can even respond to a headache, by the way. It's, it's the ideas and the inspirations and those crazy thoughts that go running around in your head that tell you that you should be doing something right, that we're not right. supposed to be responding to. We're, we're responding to things that happen outside of this data bank that's going on here. Right. So, yeah, I hope that explains oh, yeah. what responding absolutely. is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and there's other, like, there's so many levels to this, right? Which I haven't explored yet, but the, it's tied to the I Ching, I think. Yes. And is there astrology in there at all? Or yep. so, so human design is a synthesis. And this is, you know, the information that the voice gave Ra. It's a synthesis of the Chinese I Ching, the 64 hexagrams of the Chinese I Ching. There are 64 different gates in the human design chart, and each one of them correlate to the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching. Um, astrology, as you say, both Eastern and Western astrology is, is tied up into the information. Um, the Judaic Kabbalah is also in there and the, the Hindu chakra system. And then, you know, if you want to bring it into more modern times, it's almost old language now, isn't it? But there's very much, you know, there's a lot of the quantum tied up. Um, in human design so it's this beautiful synthesis of incredibly rich wisdom you know some of it regarded as esoteric although I think we're finding now that there's a lot more to it yes. than we ever dared to dream was true which is so wonderful more affirmation um, but yeah it's 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 quite beautiful the way that all of those um, teachings that many of us have had exposure to over the last few years come together in this system and they all play a very important part yeah wow it's fascinating i couldn't imagine getting that download in that amount of time to have such a complex system in front of you what an experience that must have been for him. it's interesting ra was a manifester which he needed to be to do this and he was very reluctant he really did not want to do this work oh. and as a manifester you don't have a lot of energy yes you can get things going but you don't have a lot of energy and you can only imagine what it must have been like as you said um you know 30 plus years ago to 
be given this information and be told that it's your job to get it out to the masses. Um, And I think one of the reasons why it has taken quite a while for human design to take off is that Ra had a way about him. And I cannot begin to tell you how grateful I am to him. I I honour everything that he did with with this work. Um, some of it, you know, I agree with more than other bits, but I honour every piece of it. And he was an amazing person. However, he had a way about him that did not necessarily gel with everybody. Mm-hmm. And he had to have that to do the work, to have the, the goal to take this crazy looking chart out and tell people that this was going to help <laughs> them with their lives. Uh, you know, I, I've heard stories of, of, you know, things that happened and, to him in that initial period. And, you know, I, there's no way that I could have done it. We needed to have somebody like him accept this download. I mean, he didn't have a choice. He was chosen. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah. But he was a remarkable person. Wow. And he's not around anymore? He, he any- passed away. Oh gosh, he passed away in 2011, I think, August 2011. I hope I'm right with that. Um, Yeah, because he's been gone 11, 12 years now. I might be wrong with that date, I can't remember. But yeah, he's been gone for a while now. Um, You know, I'm sure he's looking down on us and saying, well, yeah, you're doing it right and you're not doing it right. (laughs) But (laughs) but it's, um, I think he'd be, pleased to see how human design has taken off because you know I started doing this work six years ago I first met my human design about six and a half years ago and I spent the first two years I can't even begin to tell you how many hours I became obsessed with it it was my everything I was always you know had the earphones in listening to podcasts and I was always reading and watching and for two years and taking classes I I I did a lot of um I, I, I took a lot of lessons in human design. Um, but it, it, it's one of those things that it is so all-encompassing. It's like learning a new language. It really is. It's learning a new language and then learning how the words go together, what the grammar is, all of that sort of thing. It's, it's deep, but it's beautiful. And, and you know what? In spite of just saying what I said, there is a beautiful simplicity about it as well because when it's all said and done, if you understand your strategy, how you are designed to operate, which one of the five types you are and how you're designed to operate, the rest of it doesn't really matter. It's all cool and groovy to know, you know, kind of sexy to know that you're this or you're that. Yeah. You know, you, you're someone who's designed to um be nourished or give nourishment to others or you're someone who's designed to have opinions or corrective energy or be a leader of this type or a leader of that type or that because they're the sorts of things that the chart can show you but in the end if you're following your strategy your strategy will take you exactly where you need to be in order for you to live out your life purpose so it can be incredibly simple simple if you allow it we're not simple creatures no, we like us. to complicate things. I think we, we like do. To complicate things, right? We do. The answer is very simple, but no, we have to figure out something else. Okay, so that brings us back to the idea of children. And if you say that 
you know, living by your human design can help you be here to live the life that you were meant to live. Here we are, you know, trying to program our children, telling them what they do is wrong. And I think we cause children to question themselves at a very young age when they are like, I think even just biologically programmed to, you know, touch everything, explore everything. I'm like, no, no, no. And so I think that questioning of oneself and even the confidence and everything starts being broken down at a very young age. So then bring in the idea of human design and how many different types there are and how, like, I really notice a difference. For example, my son, I've always said, he doesn't like asking, answering questions. Like we have a homeschool facilitator come and he's going to ask him stuff. I'm like, here we go again. He does not like to talk about, but he does. I did ask him, do you prefer yes or no questions or ones where you get to talk and explain things? And he prefers yes and no. So, and I've always known that about him. And then I look it up and I'm like, oh, it all makes sense. So how are we screwing up our kids, Roz? What is the, what do you see in that area? Well, I mean, the, the, look, one of the most obvious examples to me, and we've talked a little bit about projectors already, is little projectors because, and, and little manifestors and um, reflectors too, but in particular projectors, when you've got that open sacral, you do not have a lot of energy. You don't have access to sustainable life force and workforce energy so if you're doing what you love you've got energy for the duration of it you've got energy you know that will keep you going for a little bit longer but generally speaking little projector kids and open sacral kids go to school for six hours a day and they are well I, I don't want to make too big a deal about it but yeah that they're, they're potentially burning themselves out as kids, right? Mm. We hear about adults burning themselves out all the time. But little kids that get burnt out, little kids that get sick and that sort of thing. And once again, I, I don't want to scare people. We've been doing this for years and not that many people, even though human design is much more popular now than it was when I first started, which was what I started to say before, um, Still, most people don't know about it. They've never heard of it. They don't know that 30% of us aren't designed to keep going. So when you've got a little projector or a little manifester or reflector who go to school, and of course, you know, ideally they, they school at home, but when we put them in that situation where they're surrounded by other people, they're taking in their energy, they're being forced to do things that they may or may not like to do, they're being forced to do sport and that sort of thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-sport, not at all in terms of anti-physical exercise, but they can only handle so much. And very often projectors aren't designed to do any exercise at least not unless they're invited into it correctly um so we've got these little kids who are exhausted and they're not performing at their best they're not able to do what it is that they came here to do so i think that's a that's a great place to start right we have in us and this is where human design hooks into the chakra chakra system we have these energy centers when you look at your human design chart which by the way if anyone's interested go to mybodygraph.com 
and you can run your own human design chart and as many human design charts as you like of your family and your friends if you want to if you know their birth details that's very important that you need to know their birth details or find someone who can help you to determine the correct chart um when you know that when you find out what you where was I going with that I've lost my train of thought <laughs> when you find out that um you have certain energy centers defined or undefined it starts to help you to understand what might be going on for you energetically during the day where you're taking in a lot of information where you're speaking before you should be speaking I mean it, it comes down to that would you believe that 60% of us are designed to wait until somebody speaks to us before we speak oh, wow. back to them. Now, imagine what that looks like in a school situation. We've got kids speaking out of turn where if they were taught, and I don't like using this saying, but you've heard of the saying children should be seen and not heard. Oh, yes. Which is an awful, awful saying. However, there is some truth to it with that 60% of the population where if they sit quietly in their wisdom and knowledge with their particular design and the 60% I'm talking about, and this won't mean much to most of, most of you, but those people with non-motorized throats <laughs> So generators, projectors and reflectors have non-motorized throats. So they are designed to wait until they are recognized before they speak. If they do that, the wisdom that comes out of their mouth is just incredible. So understanding little things like that can be huge. And one thing that I'm really getting very interested in in the last couple of years is these diagnoses mm -hmm. um, definitions around our kids you know and and basically what it is is they don't fit the box of course so many labels they're gonna, they're gonna, yeah they're going to cost more money to put through the system so that can be a good thing because it means that we get more people to come in and anyway that's a whole can of worms that we won't go down right now but what I want to say on that is that a lot of these labels as you so correctly um, call them are actually we can see them we can see why they're happening in the chart and they are there's wow. nothing wrong with most of the kids and I, I don't I don't want to disregard the fact that yes some of us do have chemical imbalances that need addressing and some of us do have other things going on but you know I think it really is the minority that's my personal experience it's the minority if you can understand how a kid's designed if you can understand that they have their right brain fighting with their left brain until they're taught how to pull them together or that they are extremely right brain sitting in a left brain classroom or that they have, you know, the gate that means that they are able to focus on something to the exclusion of everything else. And that's why they're looking out the window at the, you know, at the tractor going around the oval do you call them ovals there in you know, the school sports ground um yeah. because they want to be out there driving the tractor they don't want to be in here learning algebra 
you know, or they, they're looking at the birds and the trees because they want to be out in nature because that's how they're designed. Right. And we call that, we call that ADHD. Yeah, it's crazy. That's something a, that's else. A crime. That's a crime. That gives me goosebumps actually thinking that, right? Like, and we label it, we make it wrong. And then we give them a complex. And then not only that, we drag them for it. For following their design, for being who they are. Yes. It's, yeah. So I work with a lot of parents of kids with learning disabilities okay. in quotation marks. Um, and we, we look at how the child is designed. We look at how the parent is designed as well so that we can see how their energies are overlapping and working together. And there's a lot in that um, for the parent because it helps them to see how they can best protect their energy because often the kids energies are getting into their energies and, and I want to make it clear this is not about energy vampirism or invading other people's space it's not about that at all it's us being us and once you realize that you can protect yourself and sort of keep your own energy in a container and be the observer rather than get enmeshed in what's going on then things change immeasurably but we look at the kids designs and we see what's going on for them we see what it is that you know they are here to speak about what it is that they are here to do how it is that they are here to think um, we have circuitry running through the chart and and we can look at the way that the circuits are defined to see what's going to be most important for them whether they're somebody who is here as a mutative individual here to kind of drag the collective through with them as they make these discoveries or we can see whether they're a tribal person who's very much concerned about their family and their immediate close friends and the people that they regard as their tribe or we can see whether they are here for the collective that all of those sorts of things show up you know whether there's somebody who senses things or whether there's somebody who needs to use logic because there is absolutely a place for logic you know human design shows it mm. that there's a place for logic but i think logic has been demonized a little bit because we te we ten tend to think of that as somebody needing to see the scientific research to see the data all that sort of thing when in actual fact logic is really about experience it's about being able to say well i've seen that this and this works so therefore this must work you know it's about using your own experience and your own knowledge to know and to stop doubting things so it's really you know, it's all of these things show up and so much more i mean one of the things that i value so much about human design is what it's taught me about my child who she probably won't be listening to this <laughs> um, so, um, and I won't say anything that's, that's going to be a problem for her but she's incredibly sensitive and she knows that incredibly sensitive because of all of the 64 gates the ones that we're talking about that are aligned with the I Ching hexagrams of all the 64 gates, one of them is the gate of sensitivity and it is the most sensitive wow. gate in the chart. And there are various planetary placements um, that have an effect on how that energy comes up. So if you happen to have the gate 19 in your chart, if, if you've 
pulled up your chart now and you're looking at it if you go down to that bottom square and you'll find the gate 19 comes off the bottom square in the chart headed up towards the right okay and the gate 19 this tells us that we're looking at somebody who is very, very sensitive. Now, she happens to have the gate 19 in a very, very prominent place, a very important place in her chart that means that she is just so sensitive. And you know, she cried so much whenever anything happened to her that was in any way out of her control. And of course, you know, as parents who are uninformed, don't cry, darling. There's no, you'll be right. Everything's okay. When in actual fact, when you've got the gate 19, you usually will cry. And that's your way of expressing whatever it is you're going through. And if you're allowed as a kid to cry for 30 seconds, move on. Exactly. But, Feel it and release it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is a form of release these sensitive kids they're sensitive to pain incredibly sensitive to pain and when I say sensitive kids sensitive adults as well sensitive to pain sensitive to seams in your socks and and oh the fact that that you know there's a there's fixing in the clothes that hasn't been washed out yet and there's scratchy labels and sensitive to other people's energies very very sensitive to other people's energies um, it's really one of those things that can show itself in many ways. And it, it, and it depends on other things that are in the chart as to how sensitive you are, um, which we won't go into now. But knowing that has allowed my daughter to be herself. Yes. It's allowed her to, and, and I only found out about this six years ago. So she had the first section of her life where I didn't understand it. Certainly, I think I was as understanding as an uninformed person could be. And I did really make an effort to allow herself to be herself. But now I know why. And I also know why she is so fixed in the way that she thinks because of her defined head and ajna, because of other things that are going on in her design. I now know and understand and I don't, I don't worry about it. I don't think that there's something wrong with her that I need to change. I don't feel that I need to have her assessed to find out what's going on. So it can be hugely beneficial to parents to understand what is going on for their child, you know, where they are amplifying other people's energies and going into a state of overwhelm, where they are potentially going to be overtired, where they are taking in emotions of other people and, you know, amplifying them and, and, being incredibly emotional themselves when it's not even their own stuff that they're dealing with, mm -hmm. um, where they're having emotional highs and lows that are simply part of who they are. It doesn't make them wrong. And learning techniques to deal with all of that sort of thing, it really, it's quite amazing how um, once you've got a few little tips and tricks that you know usually don't cost anything, um, where you can teach them little clearing techniques to help them come back to themselves rather than to be who they're not. Um, it makes such a huge difference to, to these parents' lives and a massive difference to the kids because they feel seen. They feel right. like somebody finally gets them. 
Um, yeah, it's it's the best part of my work, and and my work is amazing. It really is. It's just I get so much delight out of helping people to see the magnificence of who they are because everybody is magnificent. They just haven't necessarily been allowed to see it or to live it, but especially the kids, especially yeah. showing parents how their kids have have been put together based on the time that they were born. And this is all predetermined as far as I'm concerned and as far as human design is concerned. The time of your birth is pretty much sorted before you're a twinkle in your dad's eye. Mm. So, you know, we are all here because we're meant to be here doing yeah. what we're meant to be doing. And up until now, it's been, it's been difficult for everyone. Right. And so it's, it gives you permission, right? It's like, it's like, woo, okay. It's like, I, I, this is, I'm not crazy. I'm not weird. I'm not anything because people need that external validation. Unfortunately, we've been trained to require that, right. And not just be rooting ourselves and not care about whatever anybody else thinks, but it gives you that permission. I think for the parent too, it just, it kind of just takes a level of concern out of the way when you see this, this certain behavior. Like, yeah. it's so explain it just explains so much but does it also help you communicate differently with your child so they can hear it and feel it and it can be does that change the efficacy of the communication so personally I think something happens at an energetic level once you understand your child's design I think that the energy just changes immediately when you realize when you can just stop and think oh they're perfect there's nothing wrong with them. It changes the way that you feel about them immediately. But yes, there are ways of communicating. I mean, you, I'm not sure if you alluded to before asking your son yes, yes, questions. questions. Yeah, but can we talk yeah. about that? Because that is a clear thing for my son. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so when you're a generator type, when you have that defined sacral, if it tells you when you run your human design chart that you're either a pure generator called a generator or a manifesting generator you have a defined sacral and the sacral is this amazing energy center um, whether it be defined or whether it be open it is amazing it's where we learn about how we work you know how we use our energy and the sacral has a, a sound that it makes when it is defined. And the sound is aha uh -huh for yes or positive and uh, uh for no or negative. It simply responds to positive or negative. It, it will contract with negative and it will expand with positive. So you can feel that gut area and it literally is the sacral chakra area so that area between your belly button and the top of your pubic bone is where the sacral belt sort of runs and that's where the energy lives and if you come across something that you really like and feels really good you feel an expansion in that area you need to tap into it of course but in in a very simple way we're designed as humans as generators to say uh-huh for yes and uh-uh for no. We do that when we're little kids. So unfortunately, we've been 
conditioned to tell our kids to use your words don't say that that's use your words darling that's the way to do it when in actual fact kids come pre-programmed <laughs> generator kids in particular come pre-programmed with this yes or no so you can ask your 18 month old does your nappy need changing I should say does your diaper need changing we call them nappies here, so. <laughs> does your diaper need changing uh-huh are you hungry uh-huh um you know are, are you hurting uh-uh you know do you want to go play uh-huh kids can answer these questions they don't need to articulate a yes or a no um, they certainly can and they will as they get older because the yes no questions as you said do feel good because they don't have to go up in here to think of formulating an answer they get the information from their sacral and it the the aha uh -huh, uh -huh, is actually the vibratory vibration, vibratory sound that is made by the sacral that travels up the vagus nerve and out of the mouth. Oh, wow. response oh, to a question. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's why it feels so natural for him to say yes or no. We generator types do really, really well with yes, no questions. When we get asked an open question and we have to go into our head, that's when things start, start to get a bit tricky because it's not necessarily going to be our truth. It's what we think we should say. Aha. Truth comes from our gut. Right. It literally is the gut reaction. When you're a projector or a manifester or a reflector, that doesn't work for you. It's certainly not reliable for you. You'll find you can do the aha, uh -huh, uh -huh, but it won't necessarily be the right answer. For, for, for you, there will be other ways of determining what's correct for you. And it, it does, I don't want to say it gets complex. It's just that for the purposes of, you know, we could sit here and talk for the next couple of hours about how projectors and manifestors and reflectors um, come up with what decisions that are right for them. But it's, it's all to do with um, your human design authority, which probably is worthwhile mentioning if that's okay yes, with you, please. Sasha, because um, there is one authority that governs 50% of us. So there's, I want to say there's eight different authorities eight different authorities but one of those eight is for 50 percent of us um so i'll talk about that which is the emotional authority so if when you're looking at your human design chart you happen to notice that the triangle on the far right hand side so about two-thirds of the way down the chart it's on the far right hand side it's called the emotional solar plexus and this particular uh, energy center is where we process emotions whether it be colored in usually brown or white and so if it's white that means it's not defined you don't have your own emotional wave I was talking about the emotional wave before um, so when it's colored in you have your own emotional wave when it's white you don't you're taking in the emotions of those around you and amplifying them so when people are around you are high on their emotional wave, it's wonderful because you're amplifying high emotional waves. But when, other, when people around you are low on their emotional wave, it's not so fun. You're amplifying low emotional waves. However, what the decision-making authority is for people with a defined emotional centre, so a coloured-in emotional centre, is that they need to wait 
through their emotional wave to get clarity on whether they should do something, whether they should take action on something. So they're not the type that can make a decision in the moment. They're the type that we classically say you need to sleep on it. Or maybe you need to wait a few more days or maybe you need to wait a week or maybe even longer. I'll give you the, the secret. You know, for some people, it, it can be quite a wait for certain decisions, not every decision. But when you're emotionally defined, you need to sleep on your decisions. If you make decisions in the moment, you will very often regret the decision you know buying something in the moment is you know the the buyer's regret is generally speaking from an emotionally defined person one of the 50 percent who are emotionally defined so when you've got a kid and let me give you an example if you give your child um, an allowance let's say we've got um, for argument's sake we've got a, a seven-year-old kid who gets an allowance and he wants to buy a toy he's gone to the shops with his parents and he wants to buy a toy what will happen with an emotionally defined kid very often is they'll say I want that mummy and and I'm going to pay for it myself with my own money and they pay for it or mum pays for it doesn't really matter and they get it home and it goes to the back of the toy box and never comes out again Mm-hmm. whereas if you say to that emotionally defined child sweetheart I will bring you back here next week if you still want it what normally happens is then you never hear of it again right but if it's correct for the child and the child you know really does want it next week he'll be saying mommy take me back to the toy shop I want the I'm assuming it's a toy shop, but, you know, take me back. I need to, I need that particular toy. And then, you know, it's correct. And then it becomes a favorite. Now, if you can teach a kid to do that or anything along those lines as a child, then as an adult, they make good decisions Mm -hmm. based around using their emotional strategy. Conversely, if they have an open emotional solar plexus a white or undefined emotional solar plexus they are the ones that are designed to make decisions in the moment so they know what's right for them then and there and they don't need to wait swings and roundabouts the roundabout is that they get to experience everybody else's emotional garbage (laughs) i don't call it garbage but they get to experience everyone else's emotions good and bad but they do get to make decisions in the moment. So if you happen to have an emotionally defined child, you need them to, you need to help to support them. And that's what this is all about, supporting your kid to be who they are. You need to support them in making these decisions, in learning that the best decisions they make are ones that they sit with for a little while. And the perhaps the not so good decisions they make, the ones that cost them time, money and energy, more often time, money in this case, are the ones they make in haste. You teach a kid this, you have given them something that money can't pay for. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so one thing we didn't talk about is not self. And there's a couple things I want to talk about. So the not self, but I also want to come back because I've heard you say a couple times in interviews uh, or podcasts is that 
when there's a, I can't remember what the two numbers are, what they're referred to as, but when there's a three in a child's design, you, you feel sorry for that child. I like to talk about that. But can we talk about people who are not Show following our strategy, what happens for each one yes. of people? Yes, yes. So um, when you don't follow your human design strategy, when you just take action based on what, it's the old shoulds most of the time. I should do this. Oh, I'm sitting here doing nothing. I should do something. When you are a projector and you're not waiting for the invitation, when you're a manifester and you're doing something without kind of feeling into your body, using your authority to, to determine if it's what you should do, when you're a reflector and you're not waiting your 28-day cycle, when you're a generator type and you are not waiting for something to respond to or when you're a non-sacral person and you're working too hard you you take on what Ra called Ra speak here um, the not self theme the not self characteristics of your type and so when you're a manifester and you're trying to do something that you're not supposed to do by the way one thing one very important thing that i haven't mentioned about the manifester is and manifesting generators for that matter is they need to inform people of what they're doing right yes yes yes, yes. really really important if you don't inform when you're a manifester or a manifesting generator that is tell people what you are about to do then they can get very angry with you and that is the not self theme of the manifester is anger. Um, so the not self theme of the projector is bitterness. And you can understand why bitterness would be the one that would kick in when all of your life you felt like Sisyphus. You know, you have been trying to push this thing, make this thing happen. And it just keeps rolling over the top of you, burning you out. Have you with chronic fatigue syndrome or something like that? Um, just everyone else seems to be able to do it and you can't because you don't have the energy and people have called you lazy and all of, mm. all of that yucky stuff. So the not-self theme of the projector is bitterness. The not-self theme of the reflector is disappointment. And the reason for that, I think it's beautiful. The reason for that is because reflectors can see what's the, the absolute capacity, the absolute potential of everyone around them. <laughs> they see, they get disappointed when, when people aren't living up to their true potential. Um, so the not-self theme of the pure generator, when you just see generator written down, that's what we mean by pure generator, um, is frustration. So generators get frustrated when they try to do things outside of their strategy and they don't work. They get frustrated or people get frustrated with them. These not self themes work both ways. So other people can get angry or bitter or frustrated with you just as you as that particular type can get frustrated or bitter if you're a projector or disappointed if you're a um, reflector. And the not self theme of the manifesting generator, we're really lucky. We get two. We get the double whammy. We get the anger from the manifester because we're a hybrid, right? Manifesting generators are a hybrid of manifestors and generators. Always having to respond. The generator piece wins that battle every time. 
Um, but manifesting generators can be angry and or frustrated. Um, so we can be angry and, and or frustrated and have anger and or frustration directed at us. That They're the not-self themes. And I like to think of them as just a great signpost. Don't get upset if you're feeling bitter. Don't get upset if you're feeling frustrated. Just stop and go, hmm, what have I been doing that's outside of my strategy? Where am I out of alignment? You know, do some reverse engineering and work out whether or not you went about what it is that you are currently working on or looking to do. Work out whether or not you went about it correctly according to your strategy. Yeah, that. so that's they're the not self themes. Yeah, it's just a great tool. Like use that, it use is. that and just it can help open your awareness and, and, and use it as a reminder. Because I tell you, there's been a lot of frustration and anger for me in these last couple of years, a lot of anger, but also frustration sounds good too, because I get frustrated with people. <laughs> but yeah, it make it makes a lot of sense. But so that's just a great way to expand your awareness for mm. your own personal growth. Yeah. Right? And, and, and look, uh, you know, I, I, and I, we want to talk about the personality profiles, which is what you were talking about. Okay, yes. But I just also want to say that one thing that human design teaches you, and it's thank, thank God that I knew about human design before March 2020. Mm. Because what it has shown me is that we are all designed differently. Some of us, I would go so far as to say, are designed to wake up before others. And I can't look at a, a chart and say, oh, well, this person's going to be awake and this person's not going to be awake. But I can look at a chart and say, this person um, has the potential to be very, very stuck in their thoughts, whether they be on one side or the other, and I don't mean to say sides, it's really poor language of, for me to use, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, what human design teaches us is that we are all very, very individually designed and it's just energy. It's just energy, very much overlaid with conditioning, right? We've all been conditioned away from the truth of who we are. If we were allowed to be who we are, this world would look very, very different. And that's why, you know, it's my personal mission to get this work to as many people as possible because the sooner we all understand that we are all here to be our perfect selves, not to align with someone else's agenda, that we are all sovereign and it shows up in the chart how we do our best life the sooner we can get that message across to a critical mass of people. And, and look, things are going to happen before that time. I have no doubt that I'm going to be very, very busy, especially, you know, coming into the next, you know, period of time as people do start to wake up and want to learn more about what's been going on for them. But if we did understand our human designs as a collective, we wouldn't be living in the world we're living in now. Right. So do you want to talk about the profiles? Which sure. is what you're talking yeah, about? Yes, yes. I just it's fascinating because I have a six in mind and I turned 50 earlier this year and it really makes sense to me. Yeah. I really feel that I'm coming off the roof. 
And yeah. so I, I just, I love that, but I love, like, we'll talk about the three and children, because I think that can really cause a lot of harm in our children. We don't know. That. Yeah. Yeah, it can. So just to give you a little bit of background about how these, hum- how these personality profiles come about every one of the 64 gates as I said they're um, perfectly aligned with the 64 gates uh, 64 hexagrams of the I Ching and the hexagrams of the I Ching um, are divided into six lines each hexagram has six lines so each human design gate also has six lines and when you are born, the sun will be transiting a particular gate in a particular line. So each gate is divided up into six lines. So for example, you might be born um, at the time when the gate 35 is transiting and it will be through the gate 35 and up to the gate five, let's say. So you will be 35 in the line five. So the five will be part of your personality profile. And I'm, I won't, it's, it's so interesting and a little complex to explain here in this format, but per, the personality profile is made up of the top two little numbers on the right-hand side of those columns of numbers on your human design chart. So the black numbers and the top, two on the left-hand side, which will be red in most cases. So there's two little numbers that look like the power of numbers. And you might be a 2-6, you might be a 2-4, you might be a 3-5, you might be a 5-1, you might be a 6-2, blah, blah, blah. There's 12 different personality profiles. And what they do is they, they basically say, how you are designed personality-wise, what your personality looks like, what the, the way that you go about living your life. So I am a two-four, and the two is hermit energy. You know, it likes to keep to itself, it likes to be in its little cave, it likes to kind of do its own thing. It can be, and I honestly didn't know this until obviously till human design I never it never occurred to me but it can be um have a natural gift natural gift for doing whatever it is that it does so much so that it can't really explain how it does it (laughs) so interesting but it is a hermit energy and it will get called out other people will notice its absence and it will call it out there's something about the energy of the line too I'm also on the other side, I have the four and the four is kind of the opposite of the two. The four is what we call the opportunist. It's a networker. It loves its friends. It's foundational, sensible energy, right? So the two, four gets called out, the two part gets called out into the opportunity. So that's what I am. Now you're a six. I think I'm a four, six. A four six, okay. So a four six is an opportunist role model, and the role model is really interesting because the role model has three life phases, with the ultimate goal of becoming the consummate role model. They are always a role model from birth; they're a role model, but they go through three life phases. 
So if you happen to be one of the 25% of us who has a six in their personality profile, you go through these three life phases. The first 30 years up until your first Saturn return are an experimental phase where you're experimenting with life to see what happens when you do this or do that. And of course, we'll talk about that in a sec, but that can be um, fraught with all kinds of craziness and issues. And then the next phase between 30 and 50 is the time when you are on the roof. And it's just, it's, a, it's a, one of the analogy, one of the, one of the, the jargon, if you like, the pieces of jargon that I actually really do like about human design. Um, being on the roof is such a great way to describe this period of life because it, it, if you can imagine yourself climbing up onto the roof so that you can see everything that's going on around you, but you don't have to get involved. Um, it's a time of learning about yourself and about the world. It's a time of healing. It's a big time of healing because there's usually a lot of healing to be done from that first 30-year period of experimentation. Um, and it's a time where you're kind of prepping yourself to become this role model that happens once Chiron returns to the place that it was at the time of your birth, which is around about 50 years of age, as you said, sometime usually between 49 and 51. Okay. Chiron returns to where it was at the time of your birth and you come off the roof and you just be the role model that everyone else looks up to. Um, you don't have to do anything. You just are. It's really beautiful. So there are six different personality profiles. The one is the investigator. The two is the hermit. The three is the experimenter. And we'll talk about that in a second, the context of kids. The four is the networker. The five is this very mystical teacher that we call a heretic. There, there's leadership energy in there. There's, you know, sort of leading people into um, whatever it is that they need to be led into it's also um, very much energy that is in the projection field as is the two the two also is in the projection field so everyone's looking at the two but especially looking at the five mm. and then you have the six which is the role model so the three is this experimental energy that I was talking about when I mentioned the first 30 years of the sixth line because the sixth line is actually in those first 30 years going through the third line phase. That's what we call it. So what that looks like is needing to experiment on everything in order to learn. And it can be so tough when you're a third line as an adult even, but as a child to fit in. Now it shouldn't be. It absolutely shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Nothing about life should be tough however we as parents as leaders mentors guides teachers have been by and large led to believe taught that the way that you teach a, ch a child is this way and what will happen with third line kids very often is they will do their experimenting and they will get in trouble. Don't throw that ball inside because you might break a vase or you might do some damage. It's kind of falling on deaf ears. It's going to do one of two things. It's either going to make this little third line kid not be themselves 
So they kind of shrink back, become someone that they're not. They don't experiment. It's really sad. It's like watching a flower not bloom. Mm-hmm. Or they throw the ball inside and get in trouble. Right. Why don't you ever listen to me? Why do you have to do the opposite of what I tell you? Why do you think you know better than anybody else? You never do what I tell you to do. You know, it, and there's all of this carry on that happens because the 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 adult thinks they're doing the right thing when in actual fact they've got this little kid that doesn't know how to learn any other way than by doing it and I'm using the throw the ball inside example as an extreme example this happens all the time because third lines are designed to experiment we owe them the hugest debt of gratitude because without the third lines the rest of us would be sitting back there stagnating going nowhere because without that experimentation that happens by the third lines we wouldn't learn anything Mm. no we'd be stuck all of us so we have to allow our third lines to experiment and instead of telling them off when something goes wrong and it will (laughs) say to them so what did you learn from that experience you know what might you do differently next time not you're very very naughty for not doing what I told you to do and if I sound like um you know being a bit unfair on the parents I probably am because parents don't know this stuff they're only doing what they were taught to do they're only doing what they were, what the what the field conditioned them to do. Right. So yeah, we've 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 got work to do. You do. So do you think if there was no conditioning going on, if we weren't led to to be our not self, do you think that everybody would have their natural tendency to? do you use their authority to do their strategies the way they're meant to be to use them do you think they would have that natural tendency yeah. to do that way so so some of the most aligned people that i have ever met know and worked with um know naturally how they are designed to operate and almost invariably have been brought up in a progressive if you like if we can call it that Mm -hmm. household where there haven't been rules and regulations where it's been the free-range kids you know allowing the kids to be individuals allowing them to have a say have a voice recognizing them seeing them hearing them all of those things that we talk about you know I do occasionally and I should say, I shouldn't say occasionally because I do work with some amazing people and I do find that the people that I work with or who are drawn to my work very often will allow their kids their little third line kids to do what they need to do or will have been brought up in households where they they as as kids themselves were allowed to do you know we're allowed to make mistakes that's what it's all about mm-hmm. being allowed to make a mistake not being berated for it because you know how else do we learn how right. else do we find out that something is not right for us exactly. it's yeah yeah so i i am finding that um more and more people are allowing their kids to be kids or uh if they haven't been doing that they want to know how to do it 
Right. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I answered your question there. I think I went a little bit off track, no, but no, no, no. Yeah, but I think it, yeah, if you were naturally just then, then so what oh, you're yeah. saying is That's, yes, that if you yes. were allowed to and not guided in any one way, you probably would find your own, like find your natural you groove, just like exactly. your process, right? You would exactly. find that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you are, uh, if there was no conditioning, if there was no, and look, I don't you can't really say if there was no conditioning because living in this world that we live in mm. is in itself, you know, you know, we're conditioned to live in, in this world. We're conditioned to live with electricity. We're conditioned, whether that be, you know, a good thing or a bad thing, whether that be the goodness of the warmth that it gives you when it's, you know, below freezing outside or whether it be the electromagnetic fields that it's you know that is interfering with your auric field um is not really what we're arguing here it's more that we all do live in a conditioning field so we are all going to be to a certain extent conditioned but it's when we're when we're kind of forced into that box when we get told by marketing that we're not enough that we don't look the way that we're supposed to look that we need this particular product to make us worthwhile or that we need to wear these clothes to allow us to fit in you know i mean uniforms i mean uniforms in schools oh my goodness that does my head in i mean really i know you've talked about this on your podcast before so i won't go down that um down that topic line but yeah, we, we are continually being conditioned. And if we took away that need to fit in, that need to be a certain way in order to get a job, a respectable job, in order to be treated, you know, a certain way, if we took all of that away and so much more. Um, everyone, as I said, I've said already, we would be in a much, much better position than we are in now. You know, people wouldn't fight. People would look after each other. People would nourish each other. People would nourish themselves. People would learn from their own experiences. People would mutate other people and move forward. It's all there. They'd be so much more authentic too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's what it's all about really you know that word authenticity it gets bandied around a lot these days but you know what it's for a good reason mm -hmm. it's because we we need to be more authentic we we don't like to use words like need and should but in this context but you know allowing ourselves to be our authentic selves is where the magic is yes yes and just that's, I think, one of the biggest things for kids because we are where we are today because we are so concerned about what others think of us. Oh, yeah. It's and so that's a hard one to get rid of. Yes. It, 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 it's funny. It is, and I don't know whether you're finding this as well. Something happens around about 42 at the time of our Uranus opposition where we become a grown-up and we start to care less about what other people think of us. We really do. Mm. That happens. It's, uh, you don't have to understand human design to know that to be a fact. But what happens when you reach 50 is all bets are off. You don't care. You really don't care. That Chiron returning to the place it was at the time of your birth does something to your energy and it makes you not give a 
whatever <laughs> about what anyone thinks anymore. You get to live your own life. Unless, of course, you have been deeply conditioned to believe that you don't have that right. In which case, come to me and I'll show you why. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we've been going for a while, so maybe we should talk about that. What What can people expect when they get to your site? And so is there anything else before we do that? Is there anything else you want to say around children or anything before we talk about what you're offering and your website or is there anything else last minute words or do you think you've said it all look we've oh, we could talk forever <laughs> <laughs> I've already said that I, I I am a talker um I just think that the empowering information in understanding your child's human design understanding your own human design is it's life-changing it really makes you see things with clarity that is very difficult to find elsewhere I'm not saying that it's not possible to find it elsewhere but you know when when it can be explained to you so clearly it really does land mm -hmm. um so really there's, there's not a whole lot else there's there's lots of things we could talk about but I won't sort of okay. start a whole other no. <laughs> thing okay. now yeah, yeah great yeah but um, as far as what I do and as far as what you can find out more of just by going to my website, um, it's findyournaturalgroove.com and there's a stack of information on there that you can just mine through. So as you mentioned, the podcast that Nani and I do, there's over 50 episodes sitting there and it's just kind of a, a lesson in human design. Yes, we do both love essential oils because they are so brilliant at supporting us mm -hmm. with various aspects of our design. So we do talk about them, but they're, they're kind of second fiddle to the human design, um, the human design information. So it's kind of like a, a 50, 50 plus hour masterclass in human design. Mm -hmm. um, not that all the episodes go for over an hour, but there's the links to the podcast. There's articles that I've written on human design on each of the types and all sorts of other things to do with human design. There's um, videos that I've made. I've got a YouTube channel where I post regular videos on various aspects of human design. And what's that one called? What's your YouTube channel? Uh, it's Ros Isbell Human Design. Ros Isbell Human Design. And you also have an Instagram. I also have an Instagram, which is confusingly at find your natural groove i really should get all of these names together but <laughs> i uh, it's funny i i had the name find your natural groove as my website name as my business name before i got into human design and you know oh. most people if they made such a radical change might need to change the name but i know the name came to me for a reason that was because, perfect yeah mm -hmm. yeah so um yes i and i post regularly on on um, instagram in fact at the moment and i'm not sure when people are listening to this but right now i am and it won't be hard to find in my instagram feed i'm doing reels so 90 second little videos on each of the 64 human design gates oh, and talking about what the energies of each of the gates are so if you're curious to find out more you can just jump on find your natural groove Instagram page and you'll find Instagram feed and you'll find 
Oh gosh, I'm up to 34 videos now, I think. So I've still got a few more to go, but I'm oh, getting yes, there. Yes, you do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you'll find a load of free information there. It's a, I think it's as good a place as any to start. And also you can sign up for a free guide, a mini guide to the five types. So it lists on one page the five types and tells you how they use their energy, how they best get to sleep because everyone's got a different way of getting to sleep um mm. what they're basically here to do so if you sign up for that you'll get on my email list as well mm-hmm. and, and so then of course i do do readings as well sorry you know, that's what i was going to say is so if somebody were to work with you what what could they expect so I offer several different types of readings. I do the individual readings, which are the ones I do most of and um, de- varying time lengths. You can do an hour one, you can do an hour and a half one. Um, I do business readings. So if you have a business or, you know, even within, you know, if you, you might work for somebody, but you want to know what the best way for you to work for somebody is or work within your own business. I work with a lot of online entrepreneurs. Um, The business readings are great. And usually we incorporate some personal stuff in there as well. Very, very flexible. I'm, I'm not somebody that spends any time at all studying anyone's chart before the session. It all comes organically in the session because I hope that, um, all of you listening understand what I say when I say this, this information that comes out of me, I'm channeling, right? I'm not, I don't, when I talk to you, Sasha, when I do sessions, the information comes through me. So it's not something that I can study for. Right. So we're very flexible. We go where you want to go in the session. And then I also do um, my parent and child sessions as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple there, depending on how many people we want to talk about. And I have a coaching program as well that I offer. Mm -hmm. So a three-month coaching program, if you really want to go deep with not only your own human design, but human design in general, that's what the coaching program is all about. So all of the information is there on the website um, on all the free stuff which you know please just go your hardest with the free stuff it's all there for you to learn more about human design there is loads of information out online and i would encourage people to go with what resonates you know go with somebody that resonates with you Um, and if my stuff resonates it's all there for you Um, but the readings um as well yeah there is nothing like having a human design reading um even myself with six years of human design experience, um, it's difficult for me to be objective about my own chart. There's nothing like having someone else read it for you, no matter oh, how much you think about human design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So interesting. I love that. And, you know, I just, one of my last podcasts was on relationships with my husband because he does relationship coaching. And I feel like this can be a really major key for finding the truth of your relationship, healing relationships, which have taken yeah. a huge hit in the last couple of years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as far as relationships are concerned, um, I do that work as well. Just you know, send me a note if you want to talk about that, because we just look at a couple of charts on the on the screen together and we see what's going on and we see where there's compromises being made and where there's 
you know, energies that are sort of overtaking other energies and where there's beautiful electromagnetics that are the reason why you're attracted to one another in the first place and what might be going on for the other person that you're simply not aware of, you know, places where they want to keep to themselves, places where no one else will ever get in. Uh, and it's not, it's, it's not about sort of, you know, prying into somebody else's private life. Certainly with relationships, I prefer that both people are involved, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. We, we um, as long as you've got the accurate birth information, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go wherever we need to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And would you ever find that two people are completely incompatible and just like pull the plug now? There's no point. <laughs> No, I've never found that. Although, you know, whenever you do work like this, and it doesn't have to be human design, you could be working with somebody who reads energy. You know, there's all kinds of people and all kinds of modalities that read energy. Um, and people will say, oh, I'm not really sure why you're with that person. I don't think it's quite right. And it, look, it can be conditioning. I would never say that. I would say to, I would give you the tools for you to make the decision correctly. We all have a decision-making strategy that we can defer to, which is far wiser than I am. I can just give you the information that's shown in the chart. It's up to you to go inside and decide whether or not this is actually for you, whether or not it's worth continuing with. You know, there's no such thing as, a chart where two people can't get on mm -hmm. it's it's much more than that it's much more than that if you have come together in a way that's completely wrong and I, I'm, I'm mindful of the time here but I just think this is so interesting I was listening to something the other day I'm 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 just such I'm such a learner. I think most people who are listening to your podcast are here because they are as well. And so they might resonate or they might even heard, have heard what I heard. And you know that there's been in our modern society a real, um, a real, we don't necessarily think that arranged marriages are the greatest thing, right? We think that, well, that's just not fair. Why, why do you have to go into an arranged marriage? But Apparently, they came about because in ancient times, two young people's energies would be read and put together and the, oh. it would be up to the parents to come up with the most beautiful match. And I think, you know, in certain cultures where that still happens, you do see very, very strong relationships, even though the person may not have chosen the relationship themselves if they had have been allowed to. It was put together because there was a lot of pre-work done mm. by, by the parents, by people who, you know, by the, the Vedic astrologer or whoever it happened to be that guided the parent in the first place. I'm not, I'm not advocating for anything, by the way. I'm not, I just think it's really interesting that these things came about for reasons that you could regard as the best of reasons. Um, and, and, you know, very, very strong relationships were forged. And I think that, you know, this is where conditioning comes in. Well, I didn't get to make the choice. So, you know, maybe I'm in Uh oh. Who knows? Who knows? 
Oh, you just you just stopped there for a bit, but you came back. Oh, sorry. You just finished. Like maybe I didn't make the choice, but so maybe they didn't make the choice, or maybe they did make the choice. Um, maybe maybe it was a bad choice, or maybe it was a good choice. Right. Um, but the condition. Did you get the bit about the conditioning? <laughs> um, that that in actual fact it could be that we are conditioned in this modern society that we live in to believe that we know best and maybe we do when in actual fact the person that's been you know um, matched to us energetically is the perfect person but we don't see it because we've been conditioned to think we should be the ones making the decision so and i'm not i'm not trying yeah yeah yeah, and I'm not trying to say that either way is right. Not at all. I think it's just something to ponder. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe we would. That we're open to these things. Yes. And maybe if we were allowed to live our authentic selves and be who we are, we would make those natural matches anyways. You know, like we're so, we're so disconnected from ourselves and we, we often will choose the matches based on past traumas and programming and nothing not for what really best serves us so it's it's a big it's a big topic but that's oh, it's yeah yeah it's it's one that's way way outside of my area of expertise as well so it's risky even starting it but I just think it's interesting you know there's so much more there's so much more to these esoteric wisdoms yeah. these ancient wisdoms that we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of and i look forward to the day that we you know take this information on and as you know respect it for what it really is absolutely absolutely in one way or another hmm. well thank you Roz, guys what do you think about that amazing human design check it out if you haven't already know your birth time and your birth date and go to findyournaturalgroove.com and the other one was I wrote it down somewhere mybodygraph.com and you can find out your charts start figuring out yourself your partners your family members your colleagues your children oh my god please please for the children mm -hmm. if any if nobody else do it for the children so we can help to just pave the way to help them just allow to be here who they meant to, are meant to be because too many children are recovering from their childhoods <sighs> We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. Why? Why Why wouldn't we help them not do that if we could? So Thanks. thank you, Roz. I really, really appreciate your time today. Hold the line for a sec. But I really appreciate your time today. I, I We had some technical difficulties, but it worked <laughs> out. I will, uh, I will be so happy to share this because I really want to go deeper and understand my chart more and, and my family's chart. And my son, I've started, but I need to go deeper on that for sure because yeah, he's a new unique kid, of course, as they all are. And all I are. just want to be sensitive to what he needs. So and they are all perfect. Exactly. Every one of them are perfect. Exactly. And that's not the message that they get. No. Right? It's not the message they get. So yeah. So thank you so much. Thanks everyone thank for tuning in. Until next time. Have a great day and we'll see you soon. Bye.